0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to La Crosse Talk PM, second day of 2020. We bring Keith Knutson, Viterbo Political Scientist, in studio. How's it going, Keith?
1: Hey, happy new year, Rick. Uh, it's a good year. You too. How long? Pretty short yet, but it's
0: a good year. How long do you can you go saying happy new year before it's getting kind of weird? Like if you weren't here today and you came in next year, would you wish me happy new year? Cause we hadn't seen each other yet. Or would that be too long
1: next year? Well, that be a year next, week, next no. week. Oh,
0: next week. You is know, if is you that were... an invitation? Rick? <laughs> Cause um, then it would be, you know, like 10 days from the new year. So. Well, it's
1: only the second. So I'm going to say it a couple more days. I think. Okay.
0: So by February, nobody, by next um, week, uh, the we second week in January, I think we're done with All happy right. new year. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we've Come down with that. That's the that's the final word on wishing Happy New Year. You have two more days. Uh, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talking text line. What do you want to get into first? This voter purge that we were talking about just before the show started or oh, impeachment well, stuff? and
1: Well, there's lots of politics going on. Uh, you've got the voter purge story up on the screen. Um, what 230,000 uh, of Wisconsin voters um, – a conservative uh, legal firm uh, attempting to get purged people who've not responded um, in uh, uh, the legal uh, uh, amount of time, where apparently legally they could be purged, um, but uh, of course, what's what's the what's the hurry in getting rid of these people? And they're primarily, uh, um, I think, either in Democratic districts or somehow we can generally identify these people as. Uh,
0: perhaps democratic voters well the idea too is that they didn't respond to some kind of postcard or letter in the mail Right. i every time i get mail it sits on my counter for about a week unless i know exactly what it's from and then i look at it and i go well this doesn't i don't even know what this is it looks like junk mail or it looks right. like a scam so a lot
1: of people well, i think i think another issue here is perhaps these people haven't voted in um two three elections mm-hmm. um and so the question arises do they still live there Um, Are they still alive? Uh, One of the things we know about our voting is there is almost no fraud by voters which would relate to this kind of purging of the voting rolls. Um, And so uh, we have to ask the question, why are uh, certain members of our society motivated to do this? And and, uh, primarily conservatives. Um, most likely, Republican Party oriented, and I think they have a political aspiration of uh, uh, eliminating potential Democratic voters.
0: We never hear we never hear the opposite story. We hear it a little bit about uh, like Bloomberg investing. I, I can't remember if it was like 15 million to get people on the voter rolls. But is there ever now? A lot of times, it's conservative group tries to purge voters. Is it ever? the opposite of that conservative group tries to get voters on voter roll Is there, do you see stories like that? In your well, time?
1: certainly conservative, uh, a Republican party, uh, uh, operators are trying to get as many people registered to vote, right. um, as they possibly can for, of course, for the benefit of their candidates. Um, uh, these are whole swaths of people, um, again, probably not having voted for a while, um, not responding to, to mail and, uh, uh, should they be uh, eliminated or um, uh, is the, the right to vote more precious than keeping uh, voter uh, registration rolls up to date? Uh, where do where do we where do our values lie on this issue?
0: How, how would that play into some uh, presidential candidates plan to have a national a voter registration Everyone turns 18, they're registered to vote. Uh, Would this still happen? Because, you know, even if you're automatically registered to vote, once you turn 18, you still have to prove where you live or make sure you're in this or that district.
1: Right. So uh, in our society, we have the most stringent voter registration laws in the democratic world. Um, Most societies, you're a member of that society, you're registered to vote. Of course, one of our issues is our voting is primarily geographically located. That is, we vote for representation out of a a geographic district, Mm -hmm. whether it's a city ward um, or a a, a state congressional uh, seat. Uh, Voting in uh, many other democracies is not so um, deeply tied to geography. People are voting for party candidates nationally or even within their in, in germany their states are called lender um and so uh, the the what people are voting for is a little bit different and and so our 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 way of voting for often political scientists call this single member uh constituencies districts and then whoever um, uh, first past the post voting whoever wins more votes than others in that district wins the contest in many other democracies they're voting not for a particular candidate for a party and then a party gets a, a proportion of representation equal to that amount of vote so the um, the registration in a specific location is not quite so vital
0: um, we're seeing this change. in those other democracies we're seeing this change uh, in in different states where they have like rank voting have you seen this yeah uh, do, do you like that I kind of I kind of like the idea of that but then uh, people aren't going to like the idea of that when it comes to parties, because I think there are some districts where, you know, the top two or three candidates then end up all being from the same party.
1: California has already begun this. And I think five or six other states have gone in this direction. And what it does
0: is give people
1: greater choice
0: mm-hmm. um, without uh, worrying about like, OK, I have to vote like you could vote for a Green Party candidate and not worry about taking your vote away from you know, a Republican or a Democrat, right? That's kind of the idea of that?
1: Sure, because uh, 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 potentially someone who actually comes in second place in the first votes could win the election because the person would have gotten third, fourth, or fifth um, uh, uh, ranked votes. Um, uh, Of course, in a traditional first-past-the-post voting system, which we're accustomed to in the United States, some people are going to see this as, Perverting our traditional way of voting.
0: We de- we need to make it more like the NCAA basketball tournament, where it's, you know, we have a tournament and then we eventually come to a pay- champion. We got to have a couple of rounds, right? We need more rounds. <laughs> well, would... maybe this is a modified way of doing that, Rick. Uh, <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah. Um, uh, Fred texted in, he goes, How do you know, Keith, that there is no voter fraud?
1: Uh, from what I read in the news, uh, there's almost no voter fraud reporting. Uh, political science uh, journals. Uh, uh, I've read articles on this. Uh, uh, this kind of fraud is uh, practically non-existent. Um, a dozen
0: cases maybe every general election, yeah. every two years. And it's funny, too, because we like to like grab those when they happen. Like, oh, look at this person, you mm-hmm. know, stupidly voted. And there's high penalties for voter fraud too, right? Like it's there are penalties, yes. And
1: and and for for me to, to our uh, emailer, uh, I would say that um, I come down on the side of rather than discouraging people to vote, I want to encourage people to vote. I think it's uh, uh, as I understand it in Canada, uh, ballots are distributed in their prisons, so mm-hmm. prisoners do not have their. Uh, right to vote taken away um of course in our voter registration system what about homeless people do homeless people give up their right to vote um and uh, it, it's very difficult then for them to get to get registered why don't we have a system that encourages as many of us as we can possibly get to
0: vote to actually vote yeah north korea they're like 100 percent, 99.9 i'm not talking north korea right <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into North Korea's voting uh, laws when we get back after the news. After this, I'm Wizard. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608 785 7914. You can't hear anything. All right, let's turn up the headphones. Now I can. Now you're good. All right, if, if just go like this if you need it. Hi, Keith. Keith Knutson in studio with me, turbo political science professor. We're talking, well, we started the show talking about the voter purge in Wisconsin, and and it's happening elsewhere in the nation, Georgia, North Carolina? Well, a, a
1: federal judge just blocked North Carolina's um, uh, effort.
0: Okay. Uh, well, we got to get that judge out of there, get a conservative judge in there, and then we'll flip those votes uh, or, or purge those votes. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. Uh, I think uh, Eric from Sparta has been waiting on hold. Eric, you're on the air with Keith. Go ahead,
2: man. Yeah, with all due respect to you, Mr. Knudsen, I think if people are not registered to vote, they cannot vote. Is, is that not correct?
1: That's the law, yes.
2: That is a law. So what is wrong with the law? I, I, let, me, let me expand a little bit. Governor Evers squeaked out a win over Governor Walker. From the voters from Milwaukee, heavily Hispanic, Madison, heavily liberal, liberal both places. So, why wouldn't why wouldn't either, from either side? What would the hell the difference would make if if they want to make sure people are eligible to vote can vote? And I want to understand that. I'm sure the Democrats, if. uh landslide Republicans, they would certainly want the same thing, would
1: they not? Well, uh, I was just going to say, Eric, by the way, Happy New Year, um, that... Uh, yes, same to you. Thank you. Um, uh, of, of course, uh, the three elections that Governor Walker won, uh, generally suburban Milwaukee um, and uh, outlying areas, uh, maybe uh, Democrats want to try to purge voting rolls there.
2: I don't think that's true, but there's... Uh, so well, well of course, thing. I don't
1: think that's contested, Eric. I think that's just, you know, where where does the candidate's um, support lie? So my position, Eric, is that we should encourage as many of our fellow citizens to vote as we possibly can. Um, and without, without uh, analyzing uh, necessarily where they live or what their political party affiliation or sympathies might be, we should encourage all of our citizens to vote. Uh, I think we're a healthier democracy if we have a higher voter participation rate. And here in the United States, we have one of the lowest uh, voter participation rates out of the entire democratic world. One reason is it, it's challenging to get registered. We Again, we have... The there were really. We, 12 uh,
2: illegal aliens voting in the last election, Then, as we said at the beginning...
1: Oh, I, I I, I didn't say in the last election. I was saying in general, we have practically no voter fraud. Um, and so all of these efforts to get people... What off are your, of,
2: what is your sources for that? if I may ask, you, I'm so sorry for no, interrupting. No, have that's all right. So you, you, have a, you, have a,
1: you have a legitimate right to ask that question. Uh, I, I'm reading news stories. I'm reading political science journals. Um, the evidence, uh, from my understanding, just in a general sense. I don't have a specific reference for you, Eric, but I could get one. Um, and uh, by the time I come back, uh, I'll, I'll have one for you. Um, well, anyway, thank you. but but Knowson, we we we, so we, know, we know. Go ahead. Well, we 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 know that uh, uh, there is almost no voter fraud. Um, and so I ask myself, why are we focused on these uh, voter uh, roll purges? And in doing that, we're going to, uh, some people who are going to want to turn out to vote are going to find the, and we've seen this, uh, they're off the rolls, and so they can't vote. Um, and uh, I think it's pretty clear that uh, there are um, voting outcome, electri- election outcome aspirations in doing
0: this stuff. Uh, all right, we're going to go back to the phones. I believe Joe's been waiting. Thanks for waiting, Joe. You're on with Keith.
3: Hey, Professor Knudsen. Um, I just want to say a lot of us feel the same way about uh, with Russ and meddling. A lot of us feel like just because Russia knows how to use the internet, why are we spending so much time on that like it had any influence on the election, just the same as you feel like actual voter fraud had no influence on the election. That's the way a lot of us feel the same way with someone posting advertisements on Facebook or any other media. Like We don't see that as, you know, something that we should be spending a lot of time, wasting our time saying that, you know, we need to case after Russia because they learned how to use advertisements.
1: Well, uh, Joe, could, I, I, could I take one exception with you? Or you go on and, and, and... well, before I lose my thought, may I respond? Sure. Um, yes. uh, I'm talking about... Uh, U.S. citizens who are eligible to vote who might not be um, keeping up with uh, uh, issues and voting every election but have a basic right to vote Um, and uh, my view is that in our society we're making it as difficult as any democracy does for those people to participate. Um, On your point about advertisements from Russia or something like that Um, Do we want foreign countries paying for advertisements which are swaying our thoughts about our uh, election choices? Um, Should that advertising not really come from our own society as opposed to a foreign country having perhaps a particular interest in swaying who our elected representatives are?
3: I believe that people should make their own informed decisions I and mean, that we should make foreign countries out to be a boogeyman. You know, we we use advertisements in this country to control a large part of the population. There's no difference in another country trying to do that. People should learn about advertising and see it what it is, no matter what entity mm-hmm. it comes from.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh uh, Joe, I would say in response, many countries don't allow many democracies don't allow um, the the thirty second ads uh, that are part of our election system because those ads can be so manipulated um, to influence people in an um, I'm just going to call it an inappropriate way. Um, and so uh, that that I, I'm coming from that side of the equation where political advertising, Um, is not necessarily informing people, but uh, I think the psychologists would show us that uh, we can be quite readily manipulated through advertising.
0: All right, we got Main Street Guy. Wait, not hold. Main Street Guy, you're on the air. Go ahead, man.
4: Hey, Happy New Year, Keith and Rick.
1: Also with you, Main Street Guy.
4: I hope you guys make it a good one. Um, So I uh, grew up around the Chicago area, and for some reason, I mean, we know the voter fraud situation there. They they troll the cemeteries and register people, right? So, and, and we say there's not uh, that type of uh, voter fraud, reg- or actually voter registration fraud, going on, uh, you know, around here. But really, do we have the means to to even find that out? Do we have like, do we cross check against deceased or, you know, anything like that? I mean, we say. We haven't detected any voter fraud or very little, but do we even have the mean, are we looking for it, is what I'm saying. I,
1: I, I do believe, the uh, again, not citing a direct source, but uh, the information I've encountered, people have investigated, uh, pr- probably not the whole country, right? Uh, uh, we've got a lot of voters, but uh, uh, the general consensus is we're, we're not suffering from that kind of um, corruption, Let's and it is corruption, and of course... Uh, uh, Cook County, uh, under Mayor Richard J. Daley, was quite renowned for that. Um, but I, I, Oh, my Lord! <laughs> uh, um, uh, really renowned! <laughs> uh, yeah, right. There's even the story of uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson in Texas uh, gathering names in a, a cemetery, and his campaign manager says, let's go home, it's late, we've got enough names, and LBJ says, "Well, look, we're going to get every name in the cemetery. Those dead people over there have every bit as much right to vote as the dead people over here."
4: Um, Right. And I guess my point is, I guess my point is that may not be happening in Wisconsin now. We may be playing it straight, but it weren't those rules there in the first place. So let's say we do come up against a very contentious election, and we do have all this opportunity for some sort of fraud to. To happen that year. Isn't it wise to keep those rolls refreshed? And, you know, I mean, we have same day registration in this state. You may have to wait a little bit, but I disagree. I think it's very easy to vote in this state.
1: Uh, Wisconsin is uh, a state that does facilitate voting. Um, When I moved to Columbia, Missouri to do my graduate study in political science, I was not aware that uh, I had to be registered 30 30 days before the election. Fortunately, I was hanging about with a bunch of political junkies who let me know what was going on, and I got to vote. Um, But how many people are hanging out with political junkies, right? Um, And so uh, my, my bias... Is uh, to encourage as many people to vote as possible. And again, I think the the voter turnout rate in our society is indicative of a not especially healthy um, a political community here. Hey, a Main Street guy, yeah. are you also a libertarian guy? No, oh, but, uh,
4: no, but I'm
1: on the verge. <laughs> you're on the verge. Uh, well, then, I, <laughs> I recommend the Washington Post uh, today, Henry Olson, um, uh, uh, an opinion column, Libertarianism, Losing Its Grip uh, on Conservative Thought. In his idea, it's good, um, but uh, Libertarian Guy, if you're listening, uh, look up uh, an economist named Tyler Cowan from George Mason University and learn about, uh, if you're interested, uh, State Capacity Libertarianism. Uh, an indication that uh, even libertarians are beginning to, uh, 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 let's say, accede to the necessity of government investment in our um, our public policies. Let's say.
0: All right, we got. We're going to get one more phone call. Jack, uh, can you make it quick? You bet. Hey, I got a question for you. I mean, say if we voted uh, not
5: in the last, you know, four or five election cycles, but we were registered back, then do we have to re-register at this point in time to be eligible to vote?
1: Well, uh, if you're living in the same place, then I think you check with your uh, your city clerk uh, to, to find out if you're yeah. still registered.
5: We've lived in the same house for 25 years, and that's what I don't. I don't know if they've changed the rules to the point where we have to go re-register now, or...?
1: Well, uh, if you haven't uh, participated uh, in a a recent election, and I don't know the the law precisely, um, and you want to vote uh, coming up, uh, then uh, I think it would be wise to check in before you vote. but uh, our person who called in earlier, here in Wisconsin, we can register on the same day as the election, same-day voting registration. And that is one of the benefits we have here in Wisconsin. Good luck with all that.
0: All right. We're going to go to Scott's comment in the news after this. We'll be back right here on Wizard with Keith Knutson from Viterbo.
2: Rick Solom. Your program sucks.
0: WIZM. You suck. Lacrosse Talk PM. Your voice sucks. As a society, we should be done painting our faces any color. 92.3 FM. I'll get home at night, and they'll just be packages laying in my driveway. 14.10 AM. You can never get enough stories. The news never stops. LaCrosse Talk PM with Rick Solem. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Weekdays from 5 to 6 on WIZM. Thanks a lot. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center Talk at Text line. Keith Knudsen in studio with us, Turbo Political Science Professor. Uh, we're going to shift gears here and talk a little bit about the impeachment trial. Um, I, I had some texts here, and they're all kind of about voting. So, one, so maybe we'll get that in a second. But one, Kevin texts in, it's too difficult to register to vote. He's questioning the, the, the ability to register to vote
1: yeah uh well for um, people who have uh, day jobs um, the registration offices open during the day uh, most most Americans uh, are i i I'm quite certain not uh, thinking about voting many people aren't thinking about politics until uh, uh, it comes time to vote um, and again my view is let's facilitate as many people participating in our uh, voting uh, exercise. Uh, as we possibly
0: can yeah he uh kevin continued uh he thinks it's easy to register bring proof of address a photo id to prove who you are what's so difficult about that it's been done for decades so i think there's a little bit of privilege there so uh some people it's that's not as easy to do uh let's see okay so we we talked joe heim was on our air this morning and he talked a little bit about the impeachment trial. So we're going to head in that direction. But Joe Heim had this to say today. It's a real short clip. It's kind of about how, what would you say this is, Keith, about Nancy Pelosi has literally articles of impeachment.
1: Two, ar- two articles of impeachment to passed in the House.
0: And and we haven't had a whole lot of impeachments, right? Three? This is the third. Three, because Nixon didn't go
1: through with Nixon. Okay,
0: so... That, that is
1: Nixon resigned before the process w- was really um, taking off. Did the
0: House vote in the Nixon? The
1: Judiciary Committee voted, uh, but okay. the the floor of the House did not. And then
0: he bailed before even like I'm out of here. So right. okay, so only three times have the articles of impeachment gone from the House to the Senate, right? Yes. And Nancy hasn't Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, hasn't done that yet. She uh,
1: uh, she's not had members of the Judiciary Committee walk across the Capitol Rotunda to the Senate chambers and deliver to the Senate these articles of impeachment.
0: Okay, so would they do that like a baton, like a track and well, field? Well, it's kind bead, of a or?
1: formalistic exercise. No um, wigs, though. No, no, no wigs these days.
0: No wigs. Okay, so Joe well, We don't know how many wigs there are, <laughs> Rick, but... Okay. Uh, there might be some wigs, but they wouldn't be white and long-haired. That's right. But anyway, UWL political scientist Joe Haim was on this morning. I thought it might be interesting to bring Joe Haim in here, and you guys could butt heads about stuff. Well, I don't know well, if, I, don't know if
1: I would butt heads with Joe Haim. Uh, he's the dean of political scientists in this town, highly regarded. So uh, uh, I'm, I, I have had the privilege of taking a class with Joe Haim, yep. uh, teaching at UWL, uh, when Joe Heim was the chair of the department there, um, I have tremendous respect for Joe okay. Heim.
0: But when Joe Heim says this, you might, you might have something, if he were in here, you might have something to say back to him uh, in regards to what he says right here. It's like stretching
5: it out a little further so that the press has more time to focus on it. Sure. The public has more time to
0: focus on it. Other than that, I don't know. So he doesn't know why Pelosi is holding on to the articles of, of impeachment.
1: Well, I wish I knew Nancy Pelosi close enough, uh, even a little bit, so I would know what her thinking was. Um, I th- uh, m- in my view, um, a federal judge has uh, recently ruled that uh, uh, the uh, Trump administration official, a guy named Kupperman, National Security Council, uh, and the Democrats in the House really wanted to get to John Bolton, who's publicly said he's got lots of information uh, on this Ukraine issue. Um Uh, the the, the Kupperman went to court asking a judge, should I follow President Trump's order not to testify or should I um, uh, submit to the subpoena from the Congress uh, from the House of Representatives Uh, now uh, the judge has uh, dismissed that case and Pelosi and the Democrats uh, the Democratic minority leader in the Senate Chuck Schumer are trying to find a way to put pressure on Uh, Republican Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, to agree before the uh, impeachment articles are delivered to the Senate, all right, we're going to now have uh, witnesses. We're going to call Bolton. um, uh, And uh, uh, more information has been uh, coming out, uh, uh, Joe was on the money. Uh, in my estimation, that uh, journalists are investigating this stuff. They're getting emails uh, through Freedom of Information Act requests, and we're we're seeing that uh, President Trump, um, at least his his the people working for him, are saying, "Well, we're doing this because the president is telling us to do this," um, and uh, uh, in the uh, uh, House. Uh, impeachment investigation and 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 then the the floor debate uh, this was not part of the discussion uh, but this evidence in my estimation shows that the president was quite directly involved in blocking this ukraine aid and that gets us close to uh, transgressing uh, the impoundment control act i think it goes all the way back to richard nixon who is trying to keep who is not spending money that the congress had passed Um, uh, either uh, voted over a presidential veto or the president would actually would have signed it into law. Once money is uh, made available, the executive branch of government then is obligated to spend it. Um, And so potentially there's even a third impeachment article um, that would be available uh, if shown that President Trump was uh, transgressing this law. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So essentially, like, Pelosi hasn't handed this over yet because we're getting more information. Journalists are digging into stuff. Also, we want to figure out, hey, we want witnesses in the Senate trial. Why wouldn't people want witnesses I, I, except for the fact that those witnesses might not say stuff that you you, you want your president to, uh, you know, to be, I, I guess, the, to come out and say stuff that the president did wrong? Uh,
1: that's the, the possibility the Democrats are pushing for.
0: But essentially, as a general public, like, um, yeah, have witnesses. How How is that going to hurt? Big deal.
1: Well, people who um, uh, are in uh, sympathetic to President Trump and his position um, may not even want to know this information. Um, and uh, people opposed to the president or people who see the president having trans—and and it's important to emphasize impeachment is not about um, President Trump's— Um, approval rating. Uh, It's not about uh, his personality. Impeachment is about constitutional issues. Um, And uh, uh, my view is that in both the uh, impeachment charges uh, that the House has passed now, um, uh, transgressing the uh, limits of his office uh, in the Ukraine thing, trying to get uh, Ukraine to investigate a political opponent—that's that—that transgresses what we should accept as a political community. And then uh, uh, the second uh, impeachment charge is uh, the president refused to allow his executive branch, uh, oper- his 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 staff uh, to testify to the to the House of Representatives. Okay,
0: uh, we're going to go to the phones. I believe Bob has been waiting patiently. Bob, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, the second, uh, okay. Is... Maybe maybe Bob will pay attention in a minute. Uh, I think Pete Pete is on hold as well. Pete, uh, we'll go to you. Pete, you're on the air.
6: Oh, okay. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, I was uh, I was just uh, wondering about this uh, impeachment deal, and I realize, and I'm sure you do, that Nancy Pelosi has absolutely no power in the Senate. So I think what she's doing is uh, waiting to see if she can turn any Republican senators, which I, I, I really don't see it happening. But, but if there was a trial and uh, they were to call witnesses, uh, I'm sure the Democrats are going to want to focus on John Bolton, but we'll hatch out for Rudy Giuliani when he comes in there because he's got Bolton, Kent, Yovanovitch, Hunter Biden. He's got them. And I mean, he's got them. I, I watched this uh, interview last night on OAN, it was a four part interview. And these boys were chomping at the bit to get over here and testify against the DNC. And the uh, Department of Justice just ignored their letters. The, the uh, Ukraine embassy uh, with the uh, United States Ukrainian embassy ignored them. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's really a mess, that Ukrainian. That whole Ukrainian deal is nothing but a mess, in my opinion. All
0: right. Thanks, Pete. Uh, nothing but a mess. Yeah, that's kind of why we're... In- at the impeachment stage of the presidency, right?
1: Right. Uh, I don't know that uh, um, Ukrainians would be coming in to testify uh, before the United States Senate. Um, and again, uh, Pelosi's trying to get a commitment out of uh, Senate Leader McConnell uh, to agree to have these uh, uh Executive administration would, officials testify. Would Giuliani be a witness among?
0: That's possible. I, I mean, I that think, would be the greatest TV ever. So, so
1: bef- the Senate sets up the rules for this trial. I mean, the yep. Constitution sets out no parameters for that, um, and so uh, uh, the caller's right. I don't think Nancy Pelosi has a lot of influence in the Senate. Her influence now is how long uh, will this? Drag on. Is it is it to her advantage to keep it uh, uh, going? That is to hold back yeah, those impeachment articles. she's essentially holding articles? the ball, right?
0: But, the, but the, the clock is running out, so to speak. Yeah, I, I don't think she can hold it too terribly long. Um, all right, now we're going to try. Bob, are you there? Yes, hi. Okay, go Happy ahead here. Thanks. You too, Bob.
7: Yes, um, Mr. Knutson. Um, uh, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you, but are um, just a little history on you. You're a political scientist at Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. Okay. And it sounds like you've been there for a long time. That's great. Um, I was just wondering, um, when I was in college, about 20 years ago, we had this political scientist. The first thing he said to us in class was that he was a Republican. And he said to our class, about 30 people, he said, I'm a Republican, but what I'm going to do, I'm not going to be biased. I'm going to just date the... the facts, the truth of anything that comes up during this class, you know, if it's Republican or Democrat, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the truth. And he went around the class and he asked who was Republican, who was a Democrat. And there was times during the class where he, I was a Republican, he cut down the Republicans for something that was true, and I respected him for that. And other times he um, got on the Democrats for something they had done wrong, and I had friends that were Democrats in the class, and they had total respect for him for doing that. Um, the question I have for you, you led in an impeachment rally in Cameron Park not very long ago.
1: So, I didn't lead it. I spoke at well,
7: it. Yeah, she spoke for like 20 minutes, I heard. <laughs> I, I, no,
1: I didn't speak for 20 minutes. Bob, it was really cold that night, man. Um, okay, I, but, I bet I spoke for maybe four minutes.
7: Okay, well, okay, that's not really for the news, but anyway... Um, when you're teaching your class, say this last class, they're probably out for a break now, um, were you truthful? Did you state the facts about this impeachment thing? Or were you biased? I mean, you spoke at an impeachment rally. To me, it seems like when you do that, you're probably biased. I just, I'm just really curious to what you told your students on their, this last class before Christmas.
1: Well, I did teach American government uh, uh, for the entire fall. Um,
7: did you and, talk about the impeachment thing? Oh what yes. Your, what your, oh yes. I mean, and you told them the truth, the facts about what was going on.
1: Sure. I, uh, you know, this is the age of truthiness, right, Bob? So uh, yes, it um, is. I, uh, but
7: you know, on this I, show, you're not telling the truth and the facts. Well, so, I don't know that I'm not he, telling and, the truth. And you Bob. were at an impeachment rally. So how can you say that you were probably not biased in your class?
1: I didn't, I, mean, yeah. I didn't. even say that. You've asked it. Um, uh, and, Were you
7: biased uh, when you talked well, about the
1: piece from your class? You should ask. You should try to um, ask students that.
7: I did. Uh, I have. A, I have a friend I talked to over Christmas, who has a son or daughter that was in your class.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> I happened to talk to him, and his, my friend, his daughter or her son, um, was very upset because.
1: Well, that person should well, then... Well, Republican, th- Bob, and, and... Bob, and that, Bob and excuse me. She no, said no. she
7: walked out of your class once because you were so biased, and that's not a job of a political scientist. You're out there to state the truth, the facts. Well,
1: Bob, Bob, I've been at Viterbo for 30 years. Um, I don't recall a student getting up and walking out of my class, or, of course, students do. Sometimes they actually have to go to the bathroom or something, or maybe they're going to an, an engagement. I haven't had a discussion with a student about my... Um, biased presentation of material um, uh, when I would talk about the impeachment uh, I would uh, bring forth uh, the charges that uh, uh, you know were decided by the house uh, and uh, uh, we would have uh, discussions about this if students would want to do that um, but uh, uh, I I would like to believe that I am not uh, prejudiced in my teaching. Um, but if you know that student, you might ask that student to come and talk with me about uh, the prejudice he or she perceived in my presentation. Um, I'm prepared to defend my classroom behavior.
0: All right. Welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. We've got a couple of minutes to go. Keith Knudsen in studio with us. Uh, we're gonna go right to the phones. Jack's been waiting, and uh, another guy's been waiting on hold. We're gonna put him on. So, Jack, go ahead. You're on with Keith.
5: Hey, Keith. Uh, I got. You know, I know um, how the Democrats and everybody they want all these more witnesses and stuff to make this a fair trial. But would you be opposed to them? I mean, on the witness list, calling like Joe Biden and Hunter to find out how Hunter was qualified to get all this money from. Rima and china and and how our former vice President was aware of what was going on when his son was not qualified to get all this money you know i mean I'm not against calling more witnesses, but I would like those two to get a cross examiner question about how they set this up for his son when in reality he wasn't qualified to do anything he was doing in our opinion. And, and that's what caused Trump to ask the question in the first place.
1: Uh, so here's the, the, the danger of opening up uh, witnesses. Where is a trial going to go? Um, uh, uh, from my perspective, uh, Joe Biden and his son, uh, Hunter, are not directly relevant to what went on in uh, the Trump administration decisions, but the Republicans in control of the Senate are going to make that decision, Um, and if the Democrats want witnesses, uh, then maybe the Republicans want witnesses, and of course, then we'll see where this thing will go, and it could become quite a... Uh, well, what we call a political circus. So this is this is a good point. Once one political party, one side wants witnesses, well, then the other's going to want them. Who are they going to be? Where is it going to go? I have no idea what that would be.
0: All right. Uh, Darren's on hold. Darren, you're, you're not on hold anymore. You're on the air. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I just have uh, one comment
4: regarding, or not a comment, but if the if the professor was familiar or saw the clip, heard the uh, the recording or i think there's actually a video of it too where biden is basically saying he wanted the investigation the uh, the attorney or whatever that was in charge of the investigation against his son he wanted him removed or he said he wouldn't they that aid would be withheld and that happened while he was vice president he basically said if you don't believe me call barack um can you explain to me how that's not um, basically exactly what you're accusing President mm-hmm. Trump of and uh, how that is different when you've got a guy on tape, the vice president, and on on uh, okay. film Keith saying this?
1: Okay, so my understanding of uh, Biden's statement um, uh, It was an effort by the international community to get rid of a corrupt uh, prosecutor in Ukraine. Um, And it wasn't about his son, Hunter Biden. And Um,
0: also, he wasn't going after a political opponent that he's going to you know possibly be right. against in the in the presidency
1: yeah um uh, but uh you know who knows what clip our caller has seen and uh, uh i don't watch a lot of clips uh, so i'm doing my i'll, I'm, I'll I'm show
0: getting... you that you've probably seen it i just okay. I, I could show you at this show's Thank over thanks rick uh, you're so good to me darren that was not darren that was someone else darren i'm sorry i'm not gonna be able to get to you sorry joe that is uh we're, we're not gonna have enough time for calls so sorry i couldn't get to you guys uh keith thanks a lot for for coming in again uh Next week, do it again. You be back here. I hope so. Uh, w- w- you know, this is we're gonna burn you out on this stuff because you know eventually, like the election thing happens.
1: This year. Uh, it's coming up.